So, I'm going to start by telling you a story. Everyone likes stories, right? There was once a man, and he didn't really have that much in the way of worldly wealth. He, he wasn't, at that point in time when our story begins, he wasn't a wealthy guy. He didn't have fancy clothes and he didn't have gold or live in an impressing an impressive building at that moment. In fact, he just looked after sheep. And if you've got the Jesus Storybook Bible, you know that even in Jesus's time, the shepherds were seen as scruffy old riffraff. That he was just a shepherd out there in the desert, wandering the wilderness with his shepherd's stick in one hand. Not much money, not much wealth, all the wealth's in the animals. Wandering the wilderness, just this stick, this normal shepherd's staff. And in the baking heat of the desert, one day he hears this voice calling to him. And what does it say? Moses. Moses and he follows the voice and the voice of God leads him into the very presence of God take off your sandals Moses because this place that you're standing is holy ground the very presence of the living God this place of presence that Moses has called into and there before the presence of the Lord stands now imagine this with me stands this barefoot probably pretty haggard looking 80 year old guy imagine he's been a shepherd for 40 years in the baking sinai desert probably no he probably doesn't look like an 80 year old who's living in california at the moment he's probably he's not probably at his peak he's been 40 years and he's there and he enters the presence of god with a stutter Remember, he had a speech impediment and a stick, his staff. And it's to this man standing in the presence that the Lord calls him to go forth from his presence to set his people free. He calls him to an impossible task, and God calls really the most unlikely guy, someone really not at the, not at the peak of his career with like the the fullness of his capacities because God often chooses the little things to shame the wise and he calls him to this impossible task and we know the story Moses protests doesn't he Moses says no 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 I can't do that he says he can't and the Lord is frustrated he says because he can he knows he can because you see Moses doesn't understand in that point in that moment that because he's going out from the presence of God because he is called from the presence of God to go out to this calling carrying with him the presence of the Lord everything's now changed everything has now changed that the impossible is now possible in fact now everything is possible because it's all in the presence he probably Moses standing there probably sees himself as a failure because you see God is calling him to the one thing that his heart so desired because do you remember that years before 40 years before that is the very reason why he ran away from Egypt 
because he wanted justice for his people and he kills the Egyptian who was beating the slave, beating the, the Jewish slave. That in his own power, he wasn't able to bring it about. With all his position, everything that he had in his t- hands at the time, as a prince of Egypt, he couldn't make anything happen. And it led to him running away, sinning, murdering, being out in this desert. And here is this moment in God's presence, and Moses is still looking at himself. No, no, I can't even speak. He's looking at what he's got. I can't even speak. He's still looking at what's in his hands. You know, he's probably stood there thinking, I've just got this stick and I can barely say anything. He probably sees himself as he is, the shepherd with a stutter and a stick. How, how could he do anything? And you see the truth, it's not that he's deceiving himself, that is all he had, a stutter and a stick. And a lot of sheep. But you see, when, when you stop looking to yourself and what you have, and you look to God instead, God can make what little you have more than enough. God can make what little you have more than enough. More than enough. And in his weakness, with that simple shepherd's staff that he probably used it for years and years and years. It's just his stick that he's constantly carrying around. Used it to that point to fend off predators. Used it up to that point to shepherd the the sheep, give them a whack from time to time, get them back in line. With that same ordinary, basic piece of wood, the thing that he happened to have in his hands in the coming months and years, Moses sees the impossible happen. He sees that same stick, that same ordinary thing that he's got in his hands in this moment turn into a snake, doesn't he? And eat up the two, the two staffs that turn into snakes of the magicians of Pharaoh. He sees the Lord use it when he touches the Nile and the Nile turns to blood. He sees it touch the waves and the Red Sea parts in two. When people are thirsty, once they've left, once they've escaped after the exodus and they're in the wilderness and people are thirsty, it's that stick that he strikes the rock with and a river of living water flows out of the rock. This torrent of water pours forth that feeds all the people and all the animals. What is in your hands that you are telling God isn't enough? What is in your hands that God is calling you to something and you're saying, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. What is it about you that you're telling God isn't enough? What is it about you that your skill that you're lacking in, that you're saying the thing that God is putting on your heart, you're saying, no, 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 I need to change before I can do the thing that you're calling me to. You've got it wrong, God. See, the problem is we too often look at what we don't have. 
We don't think that we've got enough because we forget that when we put the little that we do have into his hands, even the smallest and the least thing, even a simple stick can transform the world. I don't think Moses thought in the run up to that day, you know, people are going to be speaking about this stick 3,000 years later on the other side of the world. It's just a normal stick, isn't it? What can God do with the little that you have in your hands? You can transform the world. When you go from the presence and you carry the presence with you, when the power of God is with you, even with your little, anything can happen. Anything can happen. A stick parts an ocean. A teenage boy slays a warrior giant. A child's packed lunch feeds a multitude. An 80-year-old with a stutter and a stick sets the people free and changes the course of history. Will you let God use your little? We can be just like Moses, saying no to God because we don't feel that we've got enough to go where we feel called to. Not skilled enough, don't have the right tools, don't have the right support, don't have the right resources. Often think about money. See, but the truth is this, the truth is this, you will not get to where God wants to take you if you just look at your ability, if you just look at what you've got in your hands. I'm going to say that again. You will not get to where God wants to take you if you just look at your ability, if you just look at what you've got in your hands. You won't get there because God calls us past our own ability to get to the place that he calls us to. See, the measure that you can trust him, the measure that you can trust him will be reflected in the absurdity of where you ended up or where you end up. I don't think Moses, right, will ever dream, even in his heart's desire to see his people set free, that he would see and do and be at the place that he was at at the end of his life that you would turn around in the future and wonder, how did I get here? How did that happen? That you'll be amazed at what God did with the little, and sometimes at what God did with the nothing that you had in your hands. So this year, as we start this new year, as we start this new decade, there are places he is calling you to, and I believe you know that. There are places he's calling us to, as a church, do you want to go there? Do you want to go there? Yes. That's my challenge for myself, for us always as a church. It's my challenge I sometimes give other pastors. I say never make your dreams in line with your budget because then you're doing it all in your own strength. And so as we get bigger, we have to get more wild because hopefully our budget's going to get bigger and bigger. Our money's going to get bigger and bigger because we're going to grow and grow. But we never want to be having a vision that could be accomplished by what we can do. We've got to push past that to wherever he's calling. See, I believe there are dreams in your hearts that he wants to reignite in you today. And that's one of the things that today is about. There are things that you have laid down as impossible. Maybe it's books that aren't written. Maybe it's businesses or organizations or initiatives that haven't been started or have been laid down. The hopes and the dreams 
of life. It could be any aspect of life. All these things that he's putting inside you. I believe he wants to pour a fresh water on them in the 2020s. That for you, the 2020s is going to be a decade of great growth, of great transformation, of dreams coming to be that you would believe in and experience the good things that he has for you, the adventure ahead as we walk intimately with him, being led by his voice from the presence, carrying the presence with us. So guys, let's look at his words. Let's look at the word and see what it says about this life of destiny lived out from the presence, lived out because we are joined to Jesus. Ephesians 2.10. Don't blow my nose because it's so exciting. Okay, Ephesians 2.10. We have become, this is from the Passion Translation, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. That we will fulfill the destiny he's given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Paul here, he's writing to the Ephesian church. He's writing to them whilst he's imprisoned in Rome. All the stuff that happens in Ephesus that we read about in Acts has already happened. This is written to them later, so he knows them. The church is established. And he's reminding them of who they are. He's reminding them that they have a destiny. And that that destiny is all dependent on intimacy with the Lord that destiny is given to each of us and it comes and it flows out of us being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. That That we have this destiny and it's given to each of us and it's coming out of, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. It's coming out of that place of presence, that we are his poem. In fact, most translations say workmanship. The Greek word is poema, which is the Greek word for, for poem. Right? That's where we're, sorry, that's where we get our word for, for poem. We are his poem to be written upon the face of the world. There are stories like Moses and many of the other heroes in the Bible that have trusted God, many others that are waiting to be written okay. in your lives. The enemy does a lot to get us to not believe God's word. If we cannot believe God at his word, then we can't go to where God's calling us to. God's just looking for men and for women, for boys and for girls who will trust him enough to say yes to his calling over their life, to say yes to his voice, to take those steps like Moses did, along a desert road that looks impossible and ridiculous with no 
understanding of how it's going to come about. This stuttering eight-year-old with a stick going to Pharaoh to tell him to set his people free. Now, sometimes we think it's just a social justice issue, but it's a dramatic economic issue for the for Pharaoh because there's this massive free slave labor workforce. There's a huge amount of stuff that are involved in it. This is a huge political task that God has called Moses to. Paul in Ephesians 2.10 paints this picture that no one is purposeless. If you feel purposeless today, it's a lie. If you feel you've missed it, it's a lie. That's not the truth that heaven speaks over you. Everyone is special and has a destiny ordained by God. It's a destiny planned in advance, planned in advance for us. But then Paul writes this right at the end. He writes this. And the good works we would do to fulfill it. Fulfill what? Fulfill the destiny that God's planned for us in advance. There is this beautiful and kind of mysterious meeting point of God's advanced planning over our lives. This desired destiny that he's put over you and sometimes generational over your families, over your line. And then also our will to step into it, our will to trust him. Because sometimes, and very often, the destiny that he's called us to is an impossibility. It's like Moses. You've got to trust him through and through to walk in it. Often, because we can't see how it's going to happen, we refuse to take the risk. We, like Moses, argue with God. We don't have enough. We don't have enough in our hands. We're not the right person. We doubt God's power to bring that destiny about. But you know, his word clearly teaches us that he has a destiny for each of us, that none of us are purposeless. And we only see it unfold as we trust him and we join him in that. And we step out to do the good works he's calling us to. Think about it. Moses, God calls him. Gideon, God calls him. Joshua, God's calling him. God doesn't force us into situations. He calls us into them. See, if Moses refused to go, I am sure God would have found another way to set the people of Israel free. Although I am not sure if we would ever know the name of Moses today. Could have been Barry. Right? Barry, actually. The Baridic law. We would all be talking about Barry, not Moses. And in that, it's all down to are we being obedient? Are we following this thing? Are we obedient to his voice? Are we trusting where he's calling? When we came to Hong Kong, I've shared with you guys about getting pictures and, uh, and Pete saying, okay, before you guys go, you've got to really know that you need to go, that you've got to really seek that and 
be getting prophetic pictures for that and have real confirmation that you need to go. What I haven't shared with you was one thing he said immediately after that. He said, but remember, if you pursue this and God confirms and says this, and you're saying, we will go if you confirm it, God, and God confirms and says, this is what I'm calling you to. It is disobedient to the Lord for you to change your mind. That destiny, when you speak to God about destiny, destiny is not an optional tag on to your life. It is something you're saying, I will follow you. And if he says, this is what I've got for you, and you say, no, there is a disobedience around that, right? So there's a challenge in that too. So that's why we came. All along the journey, doubt can creep in. In the next chapter, in chapter three, Paul addresses that kind of doubt and that fear that maybe God won't come through. He says this in Ephesians 3.20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. See, God, and this is what you've got to get, God doesn't call you to accomplish something. He doesn't call you to accomplish something and then it's like, bye, check back in with me once it's done. It's not how it works. He calls you to trust him, to walk with him, to be intimate with him so that he can accomplish something through you. So that he can accomplish something through you. It's total grace. It's total grace. What a life and adventure that Moses lived because he just trusted God. See, Moses didn't deserve or earn the right to live the life that he did, to be remembered as he has been. God, in his grace, poured out his favor upon him. Everything that happened to Moses is a story of grace. Not in Moses' power, but in God's power. The saving, everything that happened through his life, even the whole calling to set the people free wasn't in Moses' power. It was in the power of God that he was the one who fought the battles. The staff becoming a snake. Moses do that? Had a little button on the side? No. The parting of the Red Sea. I think he probably was pretty freaked out because there's an army descending on them and he's like, God, what do I do? But you see, the power comes from the God, what do I do? It's the place that he's dwelling in intimacy with the Lord all the time. Moses was just being obedient with the little that he had in his hands. With the little that he had in his hands. And ultimately, Moses leads the people of Israel into salvation. But Moses isn't their saviour, is he? God is. God hides his people from death. When the the angel of death passes over Egypt, what does, what, how are they all saved? Not by something amazing that Moses does. Moses tells the people, because he hears from God, put the blood on the crossbeams, on the posts and the lintels of the doors, and that people are hidden under the blood in the house and they're saved. God parts the waters and his people move from bondage and slavery into this freedom of life. God's the hero. 
It's a four-picture, that whole Exodus story is a four-picture of the coming Christ, Jesus, whose blood would be spilt on a cross and smeared on those crossbeams so that those who are hidden in him under his blood would be saved from death. It's in Christ that we move from bondage into sin and death and we're saved and moved into and moved to freedom and righteousness and this newness of life christ is the sacrificed lamb in that story it's a picture of christ a full picture of christ his blood is the blood that covers christ is the passage through the sea remember jesus said i am the way the truth and the life he is the way through that sea he is the way from death to life. He is that rock we spoke about in the desert that is struck by the staff because Christ was struck so that rivers of living water could flow into our lives. He is the eternal life. Jesus Christ died on a cross so that we could be in relationship with him that we could walk in intimacy with him and that his plans and his purposes played out through the destinies he's given to his peoples would come upon the earth not by our strength and our power but by his strength and his power working through us see intimacy begins when we open our lives to him and choose to follow him and from that intimacy we will walk into our destiny and our lives will point to God. The enemy will always try and get you to doubt. Doubt that you've got enough. Doubt that you've got enough. Doubt that you have enough to do it. Doubt that you are enough. Doubt that you're skilled enough. Doubt that God is gonna come through for you. You very likely won't see the end when you're there at the beginning. You're not going to see how it's all going to work out. And often what you imagine is far less than what actually happens because he exceeds our imaginations. I bet Moses didn't think that they would spend years eating some food that would appear from heaven outside their tents every morning. And this mystery, this not knowing, it's part of that amazing, exciting journey of life in intimacy with God. It's like a book that you're getting to live, a story that you're getting to live. How many people like to read books like 15 times over? No, because you know exactly what's coming up next. That's not exciting. It's the story that I invite you guys to walk deeper into this year, step deeper into today. This wild adventure lived in intimacy with him where we'll say, okay, whatever you say, I'll do anything may happen anything may happen when when we came out to Hong Kong I had no idea that the church would look like this and I have no idea in five years time where it's all gonna be we've got dreams we've got visions we've got plans of where we want to go but I believe that God's gonna do infinitely more than that I'm confident that everything God has said and spoken over the church is going to happen, not because I have some amazing skill or ability. And those of you who know me know that I don't. I have a lot of flaws, a lot of holes in my skills. But because he said it would be. 
because he's promised it would be. So whatever we hear him say, we take hold of with all of our strength and believe in and step out in and move forward in. And so week in and week out, what I try to do, and don't always do well, but what I try to do is bring the little that I've got in my hands to him because I know that he can do infinitely more with the little that I've got with the brokenness of who I am, then that person who's got all the money and all the skill in all the world can do in their own strength and their own effort. Paul, he's reminding the Ephesians, God has an amazing plan for you. Choose to step out. Choose to, choose to step out and walk in the good works that he's ordained for you to do. Always do it connected to Jesus, the anointed one. Always do it connected to Jesus, the anointed one. Live from this place of presence. Even 2,000 years later, the same words speak to us. And here's the big idea for us today. Intimacy leads to destiny. Intimacy leads to destiny. If it's the other way around in your life, you got it wrong. Intimacy leads to destiny. It is only because you are connected with Jesus, the anointed one, that you can walk into your destiny, that you can bear fruit and fruit that lasts. It's only because of that. Remember it says, abide in me and I in you, apart from me you can do something nothing you can do nothing see if you want a life of significance to live out God's destiny for you it all starts in the presence with maybe your very little you're very you're barely having anything there in the presence of God in intimacy Paul's calling them to this deep relationship with the Lord walking in destiny is a byproduct of that deep intimacy you know we at the moment we live in a world uh, particularly particularly the I guess more modern world we live in a world that's very individualistic very self-determined it's a very self-determined age what's what's your purpose what's your calling and sometimes that even comes into the church and it's good to talk about calling but i've seen people get so obsessed about calling that that becomes their god that they're seeking the calling they're not seeking the one who calls that, that when they get it they're seeking to fulfill the calling and walk in calling more than they're seeking to walk in step with the lord and this is a, it's a challenge because we need to be careful not to get it the wrong way around. See, intimacy is not a means to an end. Intimacy is not a means to find and discover and walk in our destiny. We do not pursue relationship with God in order to find and walk out our destiny. That would be a kind of relational abuse. It's called using people. We never want to use God for our own ends, using God for our objectives we pursue relationship with him this intimacy with the lord as an end in itself because it's like wow you mean i get to speak to you i get to have this relationship with the maker of heaven and earth 
that you would speak to me and more than that that even in that that you would lead me and guide me and call me into something that would be amazing for me and that if I just hold fast to him in that that actually the victory in that thing will be him working through me pouring his grace and favor into that situation not something it's that's what you're called to do now in your own strength fulfill it that is not calling that is not calling See, we pursue relationship, this intimacy with God as an end in itself. We prioritize that and we love that and we get lost in that. But you know what happens? As we move into genuine relationship with God, this genuine connection, this genuine intimacy, as you know him more and more, you'll recognize his voice clearer and clearer. You'll trust him more and more that trust will grow the doubt will disappear and before long you'll find yourself walking in a way where anything is possible andrew owen as a side story he's when he started um he's the guy who started destiny ministries once they had their house burgled and he was sat there in his office and he felt so angry that that this injustice had been done that he just went for a walk and as he was walking you see he had this life of intimacy with God or has this life of intimacy with God God just started speaking to him said go left or some people would be like look I've got to get back to work or wouldn't I be missed a voice at all go left and he's just God's like go right go straight ahead and just started guiding him and he walked a long way walked basically across the whole city because he was obedient and he came to this little antique shop on the other side of town and he looked in the window and there was all their stuff and he went inside and went to the guy and said you know what all that our house just been burgled all our stuff's in your window and the guys well the guy sold it left his name and the police were able to come in and they caught him and the bbc came into this whole tv documentary about that whole situation that had happened and it wasn't just their stuff but that whole street over the few months had been burgled many houses had been burgled they got back shed loads of stuff all back to these people god was glorified but nothing would have happened and that isn't even calling that's just listening going about your life nothing would have happened if he wasn't in that place of intimacy first that's what paul calls us to come into intimacy that we pursue this relationship with God and so as we go we find that we just trust his voice see you may hear the Lord say something crazy to you that you just just put to the side make a hundred million US dollars I need I need you to give maybe a hundred million US dollars to this thing next year and it's like I don't have a hundred million US dollars don't let that be your first thing say okay God well you know I don't have it so how's that going to come about what's going to happen with that how, how are we going to do it just ask him what is the revelation from heaven to actually make that thing happen he may call you to have a year of rest just abiding in him you know who knows what he's going to say to you but put yourself in a position where you can hear See, just whatever it is, whatever the thing he's calling you to, have no fear. Be anxious for nothing. Do not doubt even the most unimaginable dream he puts upon your heart. And never let it become about the vision. Never let it become about the destiny. See, along the road of destiny, it can be very easy for your destiny to become your God. 
and you are led by destiny rather than by God himself. That we find that actually our life is lived in worship to our destiny and to our calling rather than lived in worship to the one who has called us. And that's a challenge for me too, that I never make church and what we want to see happen here, my God, because then where, I'm, where, where it is called to go, if I'm the one leading it, we'll never get there. Keep intimate. Keep intimate. And the deeper into your destiny you journey, make sure that you move deeper in intimacy. Or rather, if you want to move deeper into destiny, you know, you've got to be in this place of deep intimacy. Imagine what could happen in 2020 if you believe and trust him for the impossible. Imagine the possibilities that are open to you if you don't doubt God, if you were willing to do whatever he said to you, if you were willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me, use me. What do you have for me? That's how we got the call to come here. Was on, because I stood on Arthur's seat. I'd go up there every day at 5 a.m. and pray and just be intimate with God. And after about a year, I was asking him, God, what is it that you've got for me? I'm willing to go. And that's when the call came from a place of intimacy. I want to tell you the story of Pastor Peter. So you guys will have seen him. He's done some videos. Pastor Peter's the pastor of Destiny Church Edinburgh, planted out of Destiny Glasgow. And he's, we were planted out of Destiny Edinburgh. And so Pete's the one who oversees me and it's kind of a spiritual father stroke big brother because he's in his, he's in his 40s. But when Pastor Pete was only 22 years old, he trusted God. Think how skilled a 22-year-old is, right? When Pastor Pete was only 22 years old, he trusted God, he was obedient to his voice, and he moved cities to go and plant Destiny Church in Edinburgh. Today, 20 plus years on, Destiny Edinburgh is one of the largest churches in the city. They've seen well over 4,000 people saved. They've seen churches planted in three continents. They've seen so many people's lives changed, turned around from drink and drugs and addictions. All sorts of things happen. There are countless stories in the world today and in history of people who trust God. And through them, through their little, he's confounded the wisdom of the wise through the poem that he's written through their lives upon the earth. This year, I believe, can be like any other year, completely new. Imagine if this was the year that you stepped out into the dream that he's been putting on your heart. Imagine if this year you stopped telling yourself you're rubbish, as some people may have been doing for years, and tell you what, say, remind yourself, actually, God's given me a purpose and a destiny. And just say, God, what is that? I'm willing to walk in it. That you hear his voice afresh and take that first step into your destiny. Andrew Owen, who I spoke about earlier to do with finding, finding the lost stuff, he says this quote often. This is one of his. He says, you only get one life, so make it a life worth living. You only get one life, so make it a life worth living. You only get one next week. Make that a week 
worth living. Trust God. Take the jump. Take the plunge. Dive in. It's not a reckless act of coming up with something and just charging ahead for it. Say, God, can you just bless this thing? Woo! You know, get intimate with God. It's stepping out into something that you are called from, from his presence. And you need to live it out from his presence. It's not your strength that fulfills it. It is his strength in you that fulfills it, working through you. Moses, he continued to dialogue with God for years and years. First, it, remember there was the voice. There was a burning bush, right? Where the voice came from. But then years later, when, as they're going through the wilderness, it says in the tent of meeting that, God, that Moses sat and spoke with the Lord face to face as one speaks to a friend. Amazing. Incredible. That his dialogue and his intimacy went deeper and deeper and deeper as he walked out his calling. And as if you, you know the story, the challenges got more and more and more. But because he was intimate, he was ready for them. You need to be deciding today. Decide to push into intimacy and step out in your calling. So guys, make a choice to do that today. Make a choice. And there's just two actions that I want to chat just to end with that I kind of want to challenge you to, to, to do today. One is set aside, if you haven't done it already, because we preached something similar a little while back, set aside time for intimacy so it becomes second nature. So like Andrew was walking down the road and suddenly God spoke to him, that's coming from a place where he's just so, so used to hearing the voice of God. But for some of us to get to that place, what we need to do is actually carve out time so that we learn and we practice the presence of God. Set that time. And for some of you, it's going to be sitting quiet in the morning. Some of you, it's going to be sitting quiet at the night. For some of you, you're going to hear God better if you're out running. For some of you, you're going to hear God better if you're out moving and you're walking and having a talk as you go. Everyone's different. But find that time to prioritize intimacy. And secondly, is write down the thing God's calling you to. What's the thing that God is calling you to? Maybe you don't know, so maybe that's approaching God. And it, it's sometimes it isn't some big, massive thing like go and set my people free. Right? It's different. It may be a particular. It may be a particular career. It may be something that's that's different. It may be something that you're not paid for that to be pursuing. Write down the dream though. It's powerful to write down the dream, write down the vision he's giving to you and then share it with someone. Share it with someone safe because it's like a little baby. I've seen visions crushed because someone share their vision and their dream and their deep heart's desire and someone scoffs. Stupid, you know, silly. Make sure that whoever you share it with is trustworthy treasure it and then take the first step or maybe if it's quite a big thing you need to plan ahead there's nothing more powerful than setting a date it's one of the things pete got us to do set a date when are you going and there's this mark in the sand 
So can I just invite the, the worship team to come back up? And guys, I want to encourage you, do this, go for it. If you don't fully understand that, that's fine. Come and speak to me. Come and chat to me. And remember, it isn't something that you're seeking for and trying to work out in your head. It comes out of this place of intimacy with him. So guys, we're going to go into a response time now. Is God leading you in a direction that maybe you're afraid of? Maybe you, God's been speaking to you about something and you've been saying, no way, Jose. No. Saying, I don't have enough. Or maybe you're saying, actually, God, what I've got in my hands is just too little. I can't, I can't, I can't do what you're asking me to do. I, don't, I can't see it. Make a decision today to step out trusting that God can make the little that you have more than enough. Are you seeking destiny and purpose today and it's something that's churning you up inside, but actually you haven't stopped to think about seeking Him, seeking intimacy with Him? That's you. I want to encourage you, turn it around. Prioritize intimacy. Pursue and seek Him first. That's one of our core values as a church. Pursuing the presence. Because destiny will flow out of that place of being in His presence. Make that decision to prioritize time with Him above everything else. If you're here today, or you're listening to the podcast, and Jesus isn't your Lord, you would say, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I don't follow Him. And you, you want to make that decision today. You want to make that decision to follow him. I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. And afterwards, I'm just going to get you, as all eyes are closed, just to pop your hand up in the air, because I want to connect with you afterwards. If you're on the podcast, please, please send a message if you pray this prayer. So if that's you, just pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you that you paid the ultimate price so that I could have an intimate relationship with the Father. Thank you that you desire intimacy. Thank you that you accept me as I am. I choose to follow you. I choose to make you Lord of my life today. In your name. Amen. If that was you, if everyone keeps your eyes, keep your eyes closed. If you're in this place and you prayed that prayer, could you just pop your hand up in the air? So I'd love to connect with you afterwards. If you're on the podcast, please do send us a message through the website. So guys, we're going to go into this response time. If you would like prayer, please just have your hands open, flat and open in front of you. And we'll uh, we'll come we'll come around and pray over you before we go into the last song.
Father, we thank you that you have given us each a purpose and a destiny, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross, Lord, that by you we have been saved and that in you we're brought into the very presence of the Father. Lord, I pray that we would, as a church, be living out this pursuit of your presence more and more in 2020, God, that we would know you more, that we would hear your voice clearer, God. Lord, that we would just rest in you, God. In a week in and week out, as we go about our days and our weeks, God, that we would hear your voice. And Lord, I pray that destiny would come out of that place of presence. Lord, that you would give us courage in our hearts to go where you are calling us to go, to step out on that desert road and walk into the impossibility, knowing that you fight our battles, knowing that you are the victory, God. In your beautiful and awesome name. Amen.